The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! Jeez! He's round the goalkeeper, he's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip. Boris Johnson losing the dressing room, the Serie A co-commentary moment we all wanted to happen, a forensic examination of Brendan Rodgers' pre-match patting of Eddie Howe's upper torso, Bill Leslie's world record 35.4 seconds of silent post-pun shame, Lewis Graben's fruit and veg, and the final adjudication panel of 2021. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 120 of the Football Clichés podcast. I'm Adam Hurry. With me, first of all, it's David Walker. How's it going? Very good. You? Yeah, good. The last adjudication panel of the year. And what a mm. year it's been, by the way. What a year. What a year. Um, so let's give it everything, shall we? Absolutely everything we've got for this last adjudication panel of 2021. Joining us for this one, ending his barren run of 118 episodes without appearing on the Football Clichés podcast, it's Mr Watford, Adam Leventhal. Hello. It's great to be here. Great to be here. And a ringing endorsement of my uh, first appearance that I, it's taken this long to get me back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's astonishing. It's a massive oversight on, on our administrative arm of football cliches. But um, is this too much Watford, Dave? I mean, who next? Elton John? Jerry Halliwell? <laughs> <laughs> who would be better on the Football Clichés podcast out of those two? I think Elton, actually. Comfortably mm. Elton. I think mm. Elton actually would be pretty good. Much better than you think. He knows his stuff. Yeah. He really does. Proper, proper, proper football man. Oh, proper okay. football man. He is. Yeah, good to yeah. hear that. Okay, well, I think I can get by with this overwhelming Watford vibe, um, despite our general remit. Welcome to the adjudication panel, Adam Leventhal. We have a lot to get through today, and honestly, it's a sensational instalment. I want to start, uh, I feel like I have to include this, Dave. It was tweeted to me so many times over the weekend. The I newspaper quoting a senior Tory MP who says that Boris Johnson has given us some great victories, but now it feels like we've got a Mourinho during his second season and he's lost the dressing room. Very much an entry-level football analogy, but the Mourinho season perhaps brings it on a little bit. It does. And I suppose if you really want to completely nail the analogy, isn't it Mourinho third season? I suppose not, actually. I think the second, the second season is the one where it's... That's that's how it's that's where it's got to for for Jose. Well, the first season, judging by things that are going on at, at Roma at the moment. But um, yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah, it sort of, it it does it does sort of work. I I sort of like the idea that the you know the MPs are in the dressing room together. Like every morning they go in and put their suits on. <laughs> they all laid out nicely for them in the chambers or somewhere. Walking in with their washbacks. <laughs> yeah. Adam, I, I mean, losing the dressing room very much a an accepted kind of cross cultural reference. But I, I wonder, I mean, while we quibble over whether it was the second or third Mourinho season that really should be referenced, I feel like Mourinho season is, is the new doing a Leeds. Like, I feel like it's the thing that happens to individuals that everyone in football kind of understands. I think it deserves its own Wikipedia page now. Yeah, it's the, it's the sort of the, 
the difficult second album, isn't it? That sort of that that feeling, that feeling. But with Boris, I mean, when he you know losing the dressing room, obviously you know in reference to the you know the, the cabinet and all that sort of stuff. But did he ever have? Did he ever have the dressing room? Were they ever really having him? And that's that's a phrase that was was mentioned to me by a, another uh, former professional the other day about Claudio Ranieri, okay. actually. And they were saying, no, 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 they're having him. They're having him. And I just don't believe that the, the cabinet in the first place or the wider population or maybe half of the population were actually having Boris in the first I place. Think, so, you I know. think you're right. There, there was no buy-in to the philosophy, was there, Dave, unlike a manager in a new dressing room? He doesn't start with that clean slate, does he? No. Um, I imagine. No. Uh, but who are the backbenchers in football? Because it's the back it's the backbenchers that like can often re- you know that's if you lose the backbenchers then you're in trouble I think so that's like is that the like physios is that, is that backroom staff Masseuse. or is it like is that like uh, you know players that are tea lady res- respected players but have been frozen out oh maybe or ex players whose opinion you still need but they don't actually influence anything yeah. So mm. if Ollie was to lose, if if Ollie actually had lost Rio Ferdinand, Gary Neville, Paul Scott, well, we did lose Paul Scholes. They are a Paul, bit back Paul Scholes is a Man United backbencher. Yeah, sort of Kenneth Clark kind of figures. So they're <laughs> yeah. not, they don't, they don't influence policy anymore. But they're still there, going, well, you know, back in my day, etc. Mm. And you, know, you still get invited on news night every now and then. Okay, yeah, okay, maybe the analogy does work. I think, we, I think. We got more mileage out of that than I expected, or that I had the appetite to. Um, I tell you what, I do have appetite for, and that is Che Giacatore, David Walker. Um, for the uninitiated, and I imagine that does include Adam Leventhal. Last week we um, speculated about whether our friends on the continent care as much about players being spotted in the stands during a live game as much as as much as we do. Adam, we we, we gave the um, we gave this following hypothetical situation. About our friends over in Italy, um, but it's- I feel like in Italy there'd be even more reverence as well for that. There, there feels like such a healthy respect for the past that the kind of that equivalent of the oh in a, imagine a Maldini. I mean, they probably wouldn't yeah. bother with they what a player he was. But yeah, I don't think you need to with him, but some some grizzled centre back that we don't that we've never really heard of. Yeah, just a, yeah, it's, it is really. But with Mal- it, Maldini, it would be like oh, he was all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not bad was he? Didn't he, didn't he yeah. play a bit? Whatever now, happened to him? I want to be truly triumphant <laughs> to, to introduce this clip. I have to, I have to, I have to say, this wasn't our Italian commentating friends, but it's as near as we're damn well going to get. Thanks to both Isaac Williams and Smithy for this, because 66 minutes and 25 seconds into Udinese versus Milan on BT Sport on Saturday night, this happened. What a player that man was, eh? Left back, centre back, club and country. <laughs> Delighted, Dave. A, gr- a great delivery, wasn't it, Dave? Of all people, as well, to be delivering that, Nigel Spackman. Mm. He knows the score. Yeah, yeah beca- fast becoming a cliche's regular. Yeah, <laughs> it's Nigel. But also, also having to do it with the the extra complication of half of your face missing as well. So it was it was Maldini's eyes. Oh yeah. Maldini's eyes which were really sort of glaring out there, which were obviously another another element of him which was which was beautiful. Well, I mean, beautiful it's, 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 to I was look at. Say, it's his defining feature. If you had to pick it out an ex pro in the stands wearing a mask, Maldini's right up there as a identifiable. <laughs> yeah. But I I think just overall I'm so delighted that it yeah. happened. I'm so delighted. <laughs> um closure perhaps, Dave, for this? Yeah, I think so. Well 
Is it indeed? Because Oase Majid writes in and says, on Five Live's commentary on Sunday, Clinton Morrison getting in on the act. Speaking of working hard, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin is working his way back. Boy, have they missed him oh, his partnership with Richarlison. Said spot on. When they get him back, what a player he is, by the way. They've missed him. He is the key to Everton. Adam, I'm happy with the delivery. What a player he is, by the way. All the emphasis correct, the flow, everything about it. But can we allow it about a current player? Even if he's not necessarily in the picture at the moment, he might be out injured, whatever. Is that okay? I don't know. I mean, it's, I think, it, to be honest, that the whole thing is is shrouded in in a heavy veil of nonsense, isn't it? Because <laughs> because if you think about it, everyone knows. Everyone knows whether they're good or they're not. And there's that sort of oh well, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that, would you? You don't know that he's a good player, which is which is highly irritating. So, you know, use it whenever you want. But let's 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 rest assured that whoever does use it is. It's not really nailing anything mm. at all, yeah. in, in, my hum, in my humble opinion. Absolutely right. right. We, we all know that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a good player. Uh, but, you know, the, to take this back to the original sort of example, I think, that we used on the pod a few weeks ago, Ali McCoy's talking about Eddie Gray. Can, there can be a reasonable assumption that the audience might not know who Eddie Gray is, let alone know whether he was a good player or not. Mm. So that's fine. You can, you, you can use it for Eddie Gray. Not really for Paolo Maldini and definitely not for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Ominous signs, though, for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I mean, if he's already being referred to as what a player, by the way, then it doesn't bode well for his immediate fitness, I would suggest. Other burning issues, cross-sporting issues this weekend, Adam. Ross FJ says, could we ever see a Formula One-style finish to a Premier League season? If so, how would it look? I mean, it was farcical, obviously. Uh, is football is football capable of 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 writing its own script in such a cynical way? Well, absolutely. Well, it happens week in, week out, doesn't it? With with the interpretation of the rules according yeah. to to VAR. Mm. So I think we're sort of we're immersed in it. We're used to it. This happens all the time. Um, and then if you look at yeah the the drama of it going down to the last lap and all that malarkey. I mean, yeah, it was obviously based on on the fact that there was some dubious decisions being made. But yeah, you look at. You look at your Aguero's. That that that's that's your finish, isn't it? That's your your Verstappen Hamilton finish to the season. Mm. But it, although that it, although that was decisive, there was no there was certainly nobody would complain. Even Manchester United would begrudgingly accept that Aguero's goal and the victory. That's just the way it was. Could football have a finish the same way as Formula One, shrouded in controversy and bureaucratic? legislation and all that I, you could you, you could imagine like Man City going to cast to like get a VAR mm. decision overturned Mike Dean's done some mad interpretation of the rules or he's brought the players back on for another minute when they shouldn't have he's played two more minutes than he should have something's gone wrong and they got the lawyers involved like, you know it's like when we saw West Ham and Sheffield United go to court over the the Tevez thing like that is that is that is definitely foreseeable in in, in football at some point I think mm. well um Kieran Moriarty writes in he says moments after the end of the Grand Prix 
The Sky commentator laboriously likened the situation to Liverpool versus Arsenal's title decider in 1989, Adam. That's actually quite a good analogy, for at least at least for the scenario that we went into the Grand Prix in. I say we as if as if we're all massive F1 fans now, but um, but it's it, it's it's a fairly decent parallel, isn't it? Yeah, the up for grabs now, and, mm. and it all was that, up for grabs. That. Yeah, it was. It was. It was there. It was. It was there to be taken in the final minute. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, I agree. But I I do also agree with Dave that you know it it would I I would actually like there to be more legal. Um, <laughs> ramifications in football when something clearly wrong happens and th- there could be a follow-up and there would almost be sort of a, a well-trodden path of yeah I think we all agree that that was a that was a bad mistake so the game is going to be replayed the next day I think that that should that should happen more often I want more more genuine genuine um, comeuppances if that's a word for, for referees who who balls up and that would have to start that would have to start with them being accountable for for what they do and actually having to talk about it because then they could be pinned down and questioned about it. You want them to come out and explain their decisions. (laughs) Who have we got? We've got the most proper football man of all on today. This is (laughs) sensational stuff. Adam, you're not just preparing yourself nice and early, are you, for what was inevitable (laughs) demise on the last day. You've got the lawyers ready. Watford are in the Premier League, so you know we have to we have to look forward to there being some bone-crushingly devastating refereeing decisions. So yeah, I am ready. I'm ready and ready to go. Coming up later on from the rookery end, <laughs> and next up, next up, hopefully a bit more of an open and shut case. Chris Rogers writes in. Dave says penalty heavy weekend. BT described Raheem Sterling as sending the goalkeeper the wrong way when he struck his penalty down the middle. Can penalty struck down the middle and the keeper diving be classed as sending the keeper the wrong way? Instinct? Yes. Yes. I think you can. Yeah. Yes. Adam, what do you think? I think definitely, yeah. I think definitely because because if he stayed in the right place, he would have been in the right place and he went the wrong way. It's the same principle, so, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But can I, can I just mention something about penalties? Yeah. And you you may have discussed this in depth on a previous episode. In, and in, in, some in the I, last 118 episodes. <laughs> yeah, <mainly>. exactly. <laughs> well, I haven't listened, haven't listened since. No, I'm joking. I, I always listen, obviously. But what what are you guys feeling on, on the, the whole sort of stuttering run up? Because it just infuriates me. It infuriates me the fact that Ticking it's just off the now. the football man boxes yet again. <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand how it is allowed. How that you were allowed to just deceive and constantly deceive, and then also then pin the the goalkeeper to his line and not allow him to move off, having been deceived. He, you know, the the initial movement should be right. I'm just about to jump off my line. Oh no, he's stopped in his run up. Oh well, I might now get done. Because I've stepped off my line. I don't understand. I don't just don't understand. I it. think they've got the balance just right, actually. Because yes, actually, from an aesthetic perspective, stuttering run-ups are annoying, and I don't like them. But um, it's up to the taker to decide what's best. But there are now rules in place that say you can't stop your run-up as long as you, as long as you don't stop, you're okay. So that's but the extent do. to which you can you can hoodwink the goalkeeper. No, well, the it's goalkeeper's like, not allowed off his line anyway, so it's, that's kind of irrelevant. It's, so, but they do the thing. Actually, what they do it's like it's almost like in NFL when you have to have like your toe touch down in the yeah. in the pitch before to, to sort of be in bounds, and that's what they they kind of dra- they stop, but they just keep their toes sliding across the surface to to not fall foul of the of the regulations. And I mean, is this just more, are you just still not over Friday night, Adam, with the last minute penalty? <laughs> is this what it's about? Daniel I'm, Batman no, didn't a... need to dive that early. No, well, look, uh, uh, 
<laughs> and this is going back to the first point that we were making. You know, John Aldridge, yeah. what a player he was, by the way. <laughs> I, <get it. laughs> I mean, you know, the, it goes back to him. And wasn't they were outlawed, right? They were, those sort of penalties were outlawed. And then they just sort of brought them back because they thought that everyone would have forgotten about it. And I just I just think, well, no, it, it, you shouldn't be able to do that. Just run run through the ball, do a Troy Deeney, just wallop the ball into the back of the net. That's a proper pen. A perfectly a perfectly good perspective. I mean, I have to say, if this is indeed inspired by Friday night, I have to confess I was, I was struck by reverse Premier League weekend fatigue in which I binned off the first game because I couldn't be bothered and then really finished strongly on the Sunday evening. So, um, so apologies for, for not taking in that injustice if it was indeed one. It wasn't. Um, no, but Sadly. Good, good to give Leventhal <laughs> a platform for this sort of thing. Um, fascinated by this next next thing. Alex Fox writes in, naive starts this message. He says, not sure if this sits in the football cliches remit. It does, Alex. But I was impressed with how many times Brendan Rodgers managed to warmly pat Eddie Howe on different parts of his body when they greeted each other yesterday. It was almost like he was conducting a security search. Now, Dave, I knew instantly where to go for this because match of the day is the most reliable source of managers greeting each other briefly before the game. And I knew, as soon as he mentioned this, I thought, Brendan Rodgers, Eddie Howe, this could be one for the ages. It could be one for the ages. So what I've done, handily for us three, and probably no one else listening, I've uh, put together a clip of this at 25% speed, and I want us to talk <laughs> through the entire dual greeting between Brendan Rodgers and Eddie Howe. So if, I mean, if we can, decide a victor as well. Here we go. Right. So th- we start, before we press play, we start Eddie Howe's just in shot on his own, but looking to his right at the approaching Brendan Rodgers in the mouth of the tunnel at the King Power Stadium. So basically pretending not to see him for a second and then greeting. So there we go. And he's gone with the big open-handed sort of clasping handshake. You know, the one, the football-y thumb-out handshake where they both grab into each other. Yeah. So you can tell instantly, Adam, these two know each other well and they're kindred spirits. But it's always as if... <laughs> What the hell are you doing here? It's so great to see you. the warmth that they are. They're clapping now. Now Brendan is actually he got a full backslide, palm on back. So it's so an alternated side slapping between them, and then Brendan takes over. So going for several shoulder pats. Eddie, how trying to get one back in, and then Brendan sticking out, going for the left hand, a southpaw. <laughs> Going for the final pats, letting him know that I am the original philosophical manager in the Premier League. Okay, let's go. Let's so let's count Brendan's pats first. One, two, four, five. <laughs> Cameraman in the way, potentially another one. Six. I'm looking at the elbow movement here. Seven, Seven on the chest. Eight. eight nine. nine. <laughs> Little explanation of something. Ten, ten on ten, the shoulder. Eleven. Eleven. Twelve. Twelve. Eleven. Thirteen from Hal. Yeah, it was a kidney from Hal. Oh, 40! Oh, return. Rod's return kidney. <laughs> I think that's the last one. 15. Sensational. 15 oh. pats. But there's a great bit at the start where, so they've got the handshake, but then they go out of the handshake and... Eddie Howe is patting Rogers on his left shoulder, <laughs> but Rogers responds with the opposite hand on the other shoulder, then brings his other hand round his back. <laughs> it's like it's like someone else's arm. It's like an octopus or something playing the drums. <laughs> you cannot outpat Brendan Rogers. <laughs> it's impossible. It's, he will never he will never not have the last pat in this situation. Surely, but, is it? But, it's, mm, yeah. Mm. It's a political thing, I think, as yeah. well, isn't it? Do you, you, Tony Blair would always get that last pat on the shoulder or that yeah. sort of strength, strength pat. Yeah, or that handshake you... where you sort of return the hand to the person. 
You know, the, the, Brendan might have read this in a business book. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But but what, tell you what, he's kept what powder he has kept dry. I don't I don't know if he did this after the game. I imagine probably not. But if if at some point they start to fall out or there's an you know sort of a controversial thing during a game that they're pitted together in, Dave, he's always got the, the head pat in his locker if he mm. needs to. Yeah, uh, Eddie. I suspect Eddie Howe wouldn't like that. I don't think he would. No, no I don't think. I don't think. I've, I've never seen Eddie Howe with messed up hair either. I don't it. think. Yeah, I don't I think, think he'd he like it. it. The hair ruffle really Oof. pisses off a lot of people. A lot of people. If they get a hair ruffle, even in celebrations and things like that, you see them instantly re resorting out their hair. Which Maybe is, this is why which is Pep annoying. Guardiola is at the top of his profession. There you go. There it is. He takes it takes it out on them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, sensational stuff from Vanex Hox. A, a real, real fascinating case study of a of a genuinely brilliant phenomenon in football. So I'm really delighted we got into that. 15 Come, pats, Dave. Do you need to you need to gift that up? Mm. Oh, yeah, Don't I you? will. Yeah. yeah. And that's not match footage, is it? It's fine. It's before the match kicks off. Probably Can't touch fine. me, Premier League. Yeah. Can't touch me. <laughs> Can I just mention something at the end of the game, which is sort of the opposite end of the, of the pleasantries? It's the over-earnest, we've lost, but I'm still walking with a determined sort of power move to the away fans to congratulate them on how great they have been and I understand how great they've been and Eddie Eddie Howe at the moment just sort of losing games hand over fist is expert at that whilst trying to keep them back on board yeah Got just look out for look out for them oh it's so it's so earnest so <laughs> annoying get down the tunnel and sort things out don't walk over to me <laughs> Don't be over earnest. Just get get down the tunnel. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. If your manager went straight down the tunnel and didn't applaud you for travelling, you know, 150 miles or whatever it is, you wouldn't be happy. I mean, well, we've established yep. so far the things that you don't like in football. This is like this is like Mesut Island Dix. How dare you? <laughs> By stealth. <laughs> oh, goodness me. You haven't got anywhere near enough Twitter followers for that. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is football cliches. Last week, Dave, uh, we thought we'd we'd open and shut the case on the verb roofed uh, for a goal-scoring term. Uh, we we all decided we were happy with it, not massively familiar with it, but we, that we were happy with it. Thanks to James Nibs, we might be able to push this case on further. He's pointed me towards the in-house commentary for Marcus Harness's opening goal for Portsmouth in their 2-0 win over Morecambe on Saturday. It's Pompey 1, Morecambe nil. <laughs> I'll have to watch that one again, I think, to realise how many times it hit the bar or hit a man or and then came out. But eventually fell to Harness, who took that position up, just kept going, wanted to make sure he's in a decent position just in case anything happened, and it fell to him and he roofed it, as they said. But, oh. I mean, in the initial play, you know, the great so. pass from Curtis. Got to be a listener. Got to be. <laughs> Surely. Um, well, let's start from the beginning here. Um, Adam, first of all, happy with the use of roofing there because it was a it was a short range finish hammered into the top of the net. A textbook roofing, right? I, I'm not a, I'm not a roofer. Oh no, I I, th- I guess the only thing that could could move it into footballing vernacular is it, if there was set set shapes of goals. I think it depends on the the shape of the net. If you're going to roof it, it has to hit the top section of that bit of net so it couldn't happen like in a sunday league net that just goes diagonally down straight away no no, no. i think you're probably so, right because where does the roof so, begin exactly yeah exactly but roofed 
when the the co-commentator there says as they say or as they said i i mean that that's that's I think the important thing dave right. i think i think he was adding on and as they say which i don't know if this qualifies <laughs> but i'm happy that he did it i'm really happy that he did it well i mean i think it maybe it does maybe, maybe i i i was a fellow roofing skeptic adam but mm. it, i mean seems that i haven't got a leg to stand on this was a guy whittingham on cocoms a man who knows a thing or two about finding the net at Fratton Park. <laughs> so uh, uh, I think an expert. Love, love, love this next bit, quite frankly. Sam Tennant was the first to draw my attention to this. This was during Norwich versus Manchester United on Saturday, featuring Bill Leslie and, well, barely, Gary Neville. And there is Claude McAlealy, Chelsea technical mentor, charged with keeping an eye on the many loanies. There he is, the Makaleli roll neck. Start your watches. Honestly, you should go and listen to another podcast. We'll be back soon. Bill, you still there? That's like a, a full gantry exit. Someone's walked off and not come back. I hope not. Rashford. Hey! <laughs> right. Uh, now, now let's get on to uh, let's get on to official business here. We are we are mobilising here because now before anyone gets all technical on us, yes, indeed, there is a tiny little chuckle, polite chuckle from Gary Neville straight away. That's when the clock begins. The, the silence can follow an immediate reaction. That is okay. I don't want to get too Formula One about this, but this is where we, where we begin. So the silence was so long, Dave, that it survived both Harry Maguire sending a really simple pass out of play to enormous cheers from Carrow Road fans and a potential foul on Timu Puki as Norwich mounted what seemed to quite a promising attack. So some injustice, howls of injustice from the home fans. This is elite level post-joke silencing from Bill Leslie and Gary Neville. Really good. Really good. Just defiantly not commentating on anything that was happening. Just taking in the moment. Fantastic. Taking in the moment. Adam, How long was it? Have you counted? It was 35.4 seconds. Wow. Which Adam Leventhal, I declare to be a new world record, smashing the previous best by Daniel Mann and Andy Hinchcliffe in the Carabao Cup with their joke about wind which was only 22 seconds. It's an, it's an enormous amount of time, isn't it? But I, I'm still not quite sure what was going on there. I mean, I as mean, a broadcaster, you, <clears throat> I'm hoping you can give us some inside perspective on this. It would be very convenient if it just happened to be like a technical issue. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. No, 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 no. That was, a, that was no one's laughing and we've actually got a phase of play whereby we can just sort of let it, let it just sort of dampen down a little bit. Didn't but even I get a Neville in the background going... <laughs> Now look, I've, as this is as this has popped up, I've got now I've got Bill Leslie on the uh, on the on my on my WhatsApps okay. here right now. So what was the Makaleli 
roll neck comment about i'm recording a football cliches podcast and he's typing as we speak oh. because come on Bill <laughs> because i'm still not sure voice what, is that a joke is that was that a, was oh, yeah, that he was a wearing thing? a roll neck jumper i may have yeah, neglected but, to mention that but i thought it might be self-explanatory but it wasn't a roll neck it was a mask over his face wasn't it? <laughs> it that's was a, a huge like, mistake to make that's what i thought and i just i when i saw it i thought right he's wearing he's wearing a mask rather than a roll neck yeah, i mean leslie the roll needs neck to come out and up, explain it but well, it's it, he's now been typing for as long as the uh, the joke <laughs> the joke gap lasted so um he might on, have been, he might have inadvertently uh, given Claude Makélélé a merchandise opportunity though <laughs> just just to ram home if i may dave just how long 35.4 seconds is mm. it is equal to Vera Sell's women's 250 meters world record set in 1923 in Paris. Wow. Don't know why they used to run the 250. 250, meters. yeah, it's not Yeah, because it used to be yeah. 220 yards, and I think they went up, uh, and then okay. well, actually, should we right. just go down? Yep. Um, so, uh, I mean, we all, we all remember that. What, what a sprinter she was, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I, if I can put it into terms that we would all understand, Adam, South Gloucestershire Council's Hackney Carriages regulations say that the standard charge for when a taxi is waiting for each 35.4 seconds is 20p. So 20, if you were waiting okay. in for a for a hackney carriage, a black cab in South Gloucestershire while that game was going on and you thought, "Hang on, I'm going to wait and see if anyone says anything." You would have cost yourself 20p. There you go. How have so, you found that? Tell, tell Bill Leslie <laughs> that he owes someone in Chipping Sobbury or whatever 20p. <laughs> Right, I've got the answer now. Yep. I've got the answer. <laughs> ha! Just a bad joke. He was sitting in the crowd at Carrow Road keeping an eye on Billy Gilmore, his lonely mentor, as he as he mentioned in the commentary, and was wrapped up against the cold in a roll neck, and he's used a little drum with uh, double drumsticks. Oh, nice. So there you go. So basically, yes, it was a bad joke, and it was a... It was a very, very, very long time before we could move on. So, uh, oh, yeah, bless excellent. Him. Good old Bill. Good I old bet man. that thirty. I bet that thirty-five point four seconds felt a lot longer to <laughs> yeah. Bill to Bill Leslie at the time. But you, just, you, you, you made the point somewhat facetiously, Adam, that it's a new world record. I mean, I don't know if you've read the Guinness World Book of Records lately, but honest, I genuinely think they'd put that in there. It's the pits now. You get someone up on the gantry with him next week, and they'll do it. They will put anything the in Guinness there. The Guinness Book of Records is a sham. It is. A joke. I've got a, a series of books. For, I think it's 1988 to 1991. The golden era of Guinness, Guinness World Records. Now, stupid. Absolutely stupid. Uh, I will. I will. I mean, I'm glad that we've established that Bill Leslie is a self-effacing good guy. I, he, 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 he oozes that anyway. So I'm delighted to have it confirmed, Adam. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I have to emphasize 35.4 seconds. Because at the 27th World Pie Eating Championship in 2019, Wigan builder Ian Gerrard was crowned the new Lord of the Pies after, after wolfing down a meat and potato pie in less than 35.4 seconds. Sorry, less than 35.4 seconds. Sorry, I've pasted this without actually querying why anyone would write less than 35.4. Anyway, that, that, is, that is the amount of time we're talking here. An eon in footballing terms and in pie Well, well that's, that's the new challenge then, right? Next time you make a, a shit gag, have a pie ready. <laughs> You've got to get it down in 35.4 seconds. <laughs> Which co-commentator could do it best? <laughs> I think I think Jamie Carragher would go at it with his ears back. He's got an energy yeah, he just, yeah, he would go at yeah, it. Yeah, Carragher's like one of those um, speed eaters who's just weirdly thin. Like yes. some of them, are, yeah. you know, some of them Joey are, you know, Chestnut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find out. Oh, yeah, good. This could be a, a WhatsApp jungle if I go down this to any further. Um, on, a, on, a, on a food theme, though, uh, and indeed continuing the theme of in-house TV commentary from, uh, from the lower leagues, 
Dave, this is from uh, Swans TV, Swansea City's in-house YouTube channel, commentating on Nottingham Forest uh, opening the scoring in their 4-1 win at the Liberty. It's down that side again where you've had all the joy, especially in the first half, second half down that side again where the goal comes from. And to be fair, it's an absolute worldie of a ball into the box. It's Fruit and Red for the centre forward. Lewis Graben, he's not going to miss that. Fruit and Veg! Fruit and Veg for the centre forward! <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. Adam, I think it's great, isn't it? And Fruit and Veg. Fruit Healthy. and Veg, yeah. No, but yeah, it's the vegan option of meat and drink. It's brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> Five crosses into the box per day for that guy. Never really have fruit and veg together, though, do you? Only do you? in a smoothie. Yeah. yeah. Ah. He actually did miss, misspeak there. He said fruit and reg. <laughs> and Reg is quite a, you know, I can imagine a green grocer being called Reg, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a very green grocery name. Um, but it's probably the healthiest um, example of a food analogy being used for routine football business, Adam. Because, of course, there's meat and drink, uh, which I believe is primarily for crosses What's... plucked out of the air by um, angular goalkeepers. Yeah, what is the drink in the meat and drink? Is that like drink as in like a pint? Well, in my head, it's like medieval feasts, so like red wine in a goblet. or something. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. or maybe mead. Yeah. Yeah. But that's meat and drink, yeah. Yeah, So it it would be heavy, something heavy. Um, Yeah, routine. Routine for for a man of that that stature. That's meat and drink for a goalkeeper like him. I mean, pluck that out of the air, isn't he? So that's meat and drink. Um, There's, of course, bread and butter. Which is also goalkeepers. That's that's that's, your, that's a save, isn't it? Rather that's, your, than a, that's your bread and butter. It's a bread and butter save. It's yeah. bread and butter for him. A goalkeeper of that quality. Uh, but fruit and veg, Dave. I mean, ha- I mean, I'm ha- kind of happy to kind of edge this into the vernacular. I'm all right with it. Fruit and veg. I don't really like it. I'm a Would, yeah. Not, I like not bread fruit. and butter. I like meat and drink. Mm. I do like fruit and veg. But fruit and veg I'm put on a plate the, for Lewis Graben. Not in this context. No, fine. No. Fine. No, it's it's a it's a it's a com it's a com brain fart, isn't it? Basically, mm. that's 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 just oh, the way. One or two food stuffs again. Ah, fruit <laughs> yeah. Fine, exactly. Works. Yeah. Works. The main thing is we understood exactly what he was saying. On a similar theme, Fat Bill writes in Dave. He wants to talk about football-based non-football phrases, and he says shifting the goalposts is a football-related phrase that is almost never used to talk about football. In fact, it feels much more at home talking about politics. Are there other instances like this? Mm. The Prime Minister um, shifted the goalposts. <laughs> he's moving the goalposts here. You can't... Who are we? <laughs> uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but this is a very good point, isn't it, Adam? This is... Um, I mean, I, I'm not too aware of too many examples of, of, of a clearly very football-inspired phrase that would never, ever be used in football. Or at least, you know, on, on the pitch, at least. Can't move the goalposts. Definitely can't do that. I did actually have to literally shift the goalposts this week at Sunday League because we were playing on a 4G pitch with those goals that have on wheels. Wheels. Yeah, so we had to move them onto the pitch, had to move the little five-a-side ones at the side away from the pitch, Ugh. and and the goals were so knackered and old that they were leaning Oh, so I had to like try and sh- literally had to try and shift the goals back upright, but oh okay, to no so you avail. Did literally shift the goalposts. Yeah, uh. I go- I'm I'm more of a mover of a, I... a goalpost rather than a shifter. I agree. I think with that, you. that that the sayings actually weirdly shifted away from moving. Mm. So yeah, yeah I'm not sure if there posts. are any other. I don't think that if there are any other other sort of sayings that are no, this are is, used. Very much standard tone. But um, but yeah. Fat Bill has a, has a secondary question to this. Adam, he says, when the goal when the goalposts do shift, are they getting wider or narrower, or are they just moving side to side 
and maintaining the same width. It's the, it's the latter, right? Yeah, it, it, you've moved them from the expected position to somewhere completely different, which makes it unfair on the original But you're premise. not making it harder or easier to score in the, in the same goal. You're just putting the goal in a different place. Yeah, you've, you've changed the rules, effectively. And that's, you know, I think, I think that would... That's the that's the way of viewing that definitely. Fine, Dave, happy with that? Yeah, I think you've. I think you can move them quite late on as well. Like literally, they could be like a one on one, and then you click your fingers and the goal's gone. Yeah, that would be annoying. <laughs> yeah, that would be annoying. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful. Brought to your ears by the Athletic. This is football cliches. Uncharted territory next because listener Elizabeth Barnard writes in and says, My boyfriend has no interest in football. This weekend, we were talking about Oxford United and he looked up their league position. He googled League One chart. Is chart an acceptable synonym for table? Why is he I got think that no, from? but couldn't tell him why. Uh, it's just not, is it? I, of course it's not. Fair that's, play to Google. Uh, All credit to Google. It still delivers if you, if you type in League One chart. It's never a chart. Uh, well, it is a chart. It is it only is, ever though, a chart. It? It's a chart if you're from the 1930s, 40s, and or they have been reinvented from Match of the Day magazine, which my son gets on a regular basis at the beginning of the season. You do have a chart where you have the little the ladders. paper pegs. Ladders. Peg. But that's a ch- but that is a, that is a chart because you though. put it on the wall. You put a chart yeah. on the wall, don't you? Oh, is yeah, that the defining the ch- thing? Well, I would say so. It's a, and it's a, it's a, it's always a table. It's mm. never a chart, mm. but it is only a chart if it then manifests itself into a physical, tangible thing. Mm. But then it is also a ladder as well. <laughs> it's also well, a ladder. We can't turn our nose up at this too much, Dave, because <clears throat> you know we constantly refer to the scoring charts. You can top the scoring charts, can't you? Yeah. It's the same principle. The goal it's a, scoring it's a, charts. It's yeah. a sending, di- sorry, it's a descending list of numbers. Yeah, yeah but there's more information. It's not more just variables. A, yeah, there's more stuff in there, isn't there? Mm doesn't necessarily preclude it from being a chart. Well, on, on Microsoft Word, mm, you know, okay. a, a yep. table is a mm-hmm. table with, you know, different columns for different bits of information. But a chart, it's you graph. Know, you've got all your graphs and stuff, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, then you're in graph territory. Case remains open on that. But um, Google seems to have come to Mr. Barnard's rescue there, or the Mr. Barnard-to-be, perhaps. Uh, maybe not after this. So. <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> Apologies, uh <laughs> Apologies to Elizabeth Barnard's boyfriend. No more after he called it a chart. Really enjoyed this after Crystal Palace's win over Everton at Selhurst Park on Sunday. Um, a beaming Conor Gallagher being interviewed by Sky after he bagged a brace. And uh, it was put to him that Crystal Palace hadn't had, had much of an enviable record in the Premier League against Everton. Um, and this was his reaction. Are we aware just how good Everton's record was here at Palace? In fact, the I last was. time, the only time Palace have ever beaten them in the Premier League, you weren't even born. Yeah? I didn't know 1994. That. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it makes it even better, doesn't it? <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> First of all, Dave, great answer. Like, yeah. Another one for the charming answers by young English internationals after impressive performances on live TV. Yeah, really good. Really good. Dealt with that really well. Because mm. clearly he was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Of course well, I is... don't know. Well, this is it. In the grand pantheon of stats that players may or may not have known before the game, Adam Leventhal. I, I think we can let him off. This isn't uh, even abs- a... Yeah, someone mentioned it in the, dress- in, the, uh, in the dressing room before the game. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. This is classic um, BBC stat pack, <laughs> top, top, or maybe bottom line territory of, of 
completely pointless head-to-head <laughs> record stat, which which means nothing to anyone. But then, you, yeah, he's so, he is so charming. It's it's like they've got a, you know, like in um, Super Ted. Mm, yes, uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, Bloody everyone hell. knows. I'm not that, but fine, carry <laughs> everyone on. knows about Super Ted. Yeah, yeah. They just produce the same the same bear who's you know really really good and all that sort of stuff, and then yeah. a few get tossed onto the onto the scrap heap. All of the good ones, the likes of your your Mason Mounts, your Declan Rice's, your Conor Gallagher's, mm. they are they're all cut from the same cloth at the moment aren't they mm. so so charming so nice and yeah it was it was lovely to hear but but awful stat mm. awful stat humoring he, like, being humored by i mean however how old is conor gallagher 21 19 20 you've got to give whatever. me a range of range of ages before you yeah before well, he's you like 18 18 19 20, 18, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. I, I am as baffled by that super ted reference as conor gallagher was by <laughs> jeff Shreve's question <laughs> also before you were born no yeah. doubt so uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so well there you go Fit, fitting then fantastic fitting. yeah i think i think the before you were born perhaps saved it as as a as a concept but um but yeah all credit to conor Gallagher for simply not knowing that. Meanwhile, at Selhurst Park, this wasn't the only crime being committed. Dave, Crystal Palace tweeted that his game-sealing 25-yarder or so, haven't looked it back, was a goal worthy of winning any game. An offence on two counts, I think. First of all, didn't win the game. The game was already won. It was 2-1. Then he scored. Secondly, well, actually, no. What do we think about this? As a, The idea of a goal worthy of winning any game. Feels a bit, feels a bit cruel against... The concept I, of goal scoring. So you could say that's a goal worthy of gracing any game? Yeah, it can grace, it can grace a game. Mm. But it, it simply didn't win the game, did it, Adam? So it doesn't count. Well, no, agreed. Mm. But I think the actual saying a goal worthy of winning any game is actually quite demeaning to a really good goal. It should be a goal worthy of winning the best, the the greatest game. Because if it's a, if it's a goal worthy of winning any game, it's like, well... Oh, brilliant! It's just one. It's one a game. That's true. Of, a non, you know, it should be of. That's a goal worthy of winning a World Cup best, final. Mo, a yeah. World Cup final, like a mm. big, big game. That is that is so high, mm. high caliber, so high end. Yeah, save it it's, it's for the, the big, you know, for the big ones. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a big night for them, but save it for the, for your cup finals of this world. I want to end on a concerning note from Ligue 1. Dave, Paris Saint Germain wore shirts with a special gold print on the back their game against Monaco to celebrate Lionel Messi winning the Ballon d'Or. So all the names and numbers were in gold and on closer inspection inside the numbers the words Ballon d'Or were kind of printed embossed very gently inside. Bit much but also too little at the same time. What's the point of doing that? So in fact it's too much and too little at the same time. Complete nonsense. Really pathetic. Yeah rubbish because yeah absolutely like you might just be at the game and go why the gold numbers today that's a bit weird isn't shouldn't it shouldn't just be allowed to just do this Adam Premier League wouldn't allow it well no but also I mean it's, it was such a such a stupid award of the of the uh, Ballon d'Or <laughs> okay. in the first place and then to go and <laughs> here we go then, well you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean I mean you just think well, like, yeah if he's if he is the you know if he is he's had the most sensational season and he's won the World Cup and he's won you know won everything then yeah fair enough but pff, Come on. It did win a major tournament. It a- did score 40 goals for a shit team. But anyway, it doesn't matter. That's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Definitely not talking about that. It's, um, it's rubbish. Um, it's, it's very John Terry going off in the, exactly. what is it, 27th minute or whatever it was? or 26th, was it? yeah. 26th minute, yeah, yeah all that. It's, it's mm. a bit too self-reverential. Exactly. <sighs> exactly. Because we talk about classy touches on this podcast a lot and the, um, the phenomenon, the cultural phenomenon of declaring nice things to be 
you know, bigger and more significant than they are. But Adam, this is a this is a subgenre of the classy touch. This is the internal classy touch. This is this is players kind of rallying around doing something nice for a teammate or a colleague or whatever. And it, I feel like it's been a thing ever since ever since the EIR Touré exaggerated birthday cake saga. Ever since yeah. then, it's like, wow, well, you know, we've got to show our reverence to-, to this person. But it, it, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, it's it, we, don't, we don't need to sort of pander to. All it of is this. pandering, isn't it? Yeah, it's pandering, and I, I just think, well, let's let's you know, it, it wouldn't use it didn't used to happen in my day. That's what the that's what the, the Graham Soonesses would say of this of this sort of behaviour. <laughs> I, I just I don't uh, yeah. It, they need to you just get on with it. Not the get weekend to align yourself with Graham Soones, I would say, but uh... <laughs> also <laughs> no, it's not like he won the Ballon d'Or really for anything he did at PSG either. So it's not like the teammates could, like, at Barcelona, maybe those teammates could sort of justifiably lay claim to having the assist for the Ballon d'Or, giving him he, the um, platform to to perform at that level. But not these lads. Uh, excuse my ignorance, but what actually happened? PSG Monaco last night. Oh, Mbappe scored twice in a 2-0 win. So if Messi had scored, they, why don't they just literally lick his boots, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> you know when they do well, the yeah. polishing of the boots, which is in the bottom three goal celebrations of all time? I think... yeah. I think they should go one step further and just, just lick his boot, lick his left boot. <sighs> they were, they were, weirdly, just a, sort of as an anti anti Messi, or maybe a pro pro Messi protest. I saw at Norwich that someone held up a Messi shirt at Ronaldo <laughs> from the from the away Argentina, end. Argentina, Barcelona. Almost, what, what denomination are we talking? It was a Barcelona, yeah, Barcelona shirt. Okay, so you know it's like. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm with him. I'm with him. So what do they expect is going to happen? He's just going to like recoil and fall to the floor <laughs> upon seeing it. Kung Fu <laughs> kick into the crowd <laughs> without a shadow of an out. Or maybe he might he might sort of formulate a situation where he wins a penalty and then sticks it right up them. Yeah, so there well, you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. A, a little segment of this podcast I didn't think would bring me much joy, but it did. Thank you, Adam Leventhal. Thank you very much indeed. Um, but you have one final duty to perform on your second ever appearance on the Football Cliches <laughs> podcast. Brilliant. Not since early 2020. Mm. Um, um, I want you to uh, fulfil your duties for Premier League Year's playlist bingo. Now, Twitter user Mr. Wenger has lovingly created a uh, comprehensive playlist of all the music ever used in Premier League Years. What I want you to do is give me a number between one and 1,379, and we will then speculate about how and where that song would have been used. Uh, 1,001. Okay, interesting, because I went 1,000 last time. We've just gone one up. Okay, number 1,001. I'm scrolling up. So we're going to be in the same era as last week. I don't know. I don't know what that will be. We had Black Eyed Peas, didn't we? Meet Me Halfway last time. Yes, we're talking about two-thirds-ish into Premier League history. Not sure what that is. Can't do the maths. But here we go. It's it's You Used to Hold Me by Calvin Harris. I'm get, Adam, I'm going to plant my flag straight in the ground now and say this is one of those situations where the title is completely irrelevant. Well, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's like a player that player that, you know bit the hand that used to feed him you used to okay. hold me sort of thing you know maybe it's it's a, a player returning to an old club and and doing something like that or or, okay. or, a, or a manager leaving i don't know but it sounds more like goal compilation music doesn't it a little bit like gerard going back to yeah. anfield that kind of scenario maybe yeah it could be 
Let's hear a bit. Take my spirit from my open hand. I can, no, I can see that. I really can see, like, you, yeah, These fans player. used to adore me. They used to shower me in praise, and now they've got to watch me slamming home the second goal in a 2-0 in a win that's probably going to condemn them to the championship. It doesn't have anything to do with um, the... <laughs> this, is, this is so dull. It's got nothing to do with the change in the back pass rule. Has it? No. Oh, right. <laughs> do you know what? I thought you were going to go for, you know, the loosening of the regulations of uh, grappling at corners. <laughs> you used to hold me by Calvin Harris. Oh, that's it. That's probably, funnily enough, glad you're here because that's probably the best example of uh, Premier League years playlist bingo we've ever done. Fantastic stuff. Anyway, Adam, it's been a triumph in return for you. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Watford. Absolutely. Are you happy with pleasure. being Mr. Watford, by the way? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself Mr. Watford. I wouldn't call myself Mr. Watford. But, you know, I, I would, I've never, apart from this, I, I've never been described no, you, as Mr. Watford. No, let's, let's be clear. You should never declare yourself Mr. Clubet. No, but, no. That, that, but that does beg the question, Dave, of all the athletics assorted writers. I feel like Leventhal's right up there in the top of the charts. <laughs> as the Mr. Club X. I mean, I would say Michael Bailey of Norwich, definitely Mr. Norwich. Yeah, I think Tim Spears, Mr. Wolves. Very Mr. Wolves. What is it about gold and yellow shirted club correspondents that they become so so the centre of the universe in the province? Synonymous with their club. Mm, very much so. I feel like you can't have a Mr. Club X in London. Adam, too uh, much competition. Yeah, and maybe a bit too much. You know, they cover lots of different clubs in London, and yeah, it's not quite as. Mr. Palace? Matt Woosen and Mr. Palace? Yeah. Uh, Dominic Fifield, I'd have something to say about oh, that, yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Too yeah. many claimants to the throne in London. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's a bit like, yeah, we should have a little competition like Miss World, shouldn't we? <laughs> not, not in the same format, I, yeah. I, should, I should hope. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. Get you a sash, <laughs> Mr. Wofford. Uh, that brings us to the end of the final adjudication panel for 2021. Uh, we've got a lovely Football Clichés quiz to bring you later this week. And we'll have the best of Football Clichés to bring you into the festive spirit later on. Um, thanks to you, Adam Leventhal. It's been superb to have you. Pleasure. Thank you. See you for Happy episode 240. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah, you certainly will. Cheers to you, Dave. Thank you. And we'll see everyone on Thursday. Bye-bye. Athletic.